Why, hello there. If you don't already recognize my sultry voice, this is DJ Art of the High Score 510 Podcast. First of all, I would like to thank you for listening to our show. Second of all, I want to remind you with a shameless plug of our Patreon page. Join our growing community and help support an indie podcast. The perks of being a patron, you ask? Well, let me tell you. Number one, you'll get our weekly quick hitters. Number two, you'll get feature conversations that are too hot for our regular show. And number three, we cannot leave out number three, why Jesus will bless you. So go check out patreon.com backslash highscore510. And for the price of a tall pumpkin spice latte, you can help Captain P-Funk finally afford that Merlot broham he's been wanting. Regardless of which, we appreciate your support and hope you enjoy the show. I seen I seen this old white dude yesterday over in Vallejo. Him and his wife had the motorized bikes, the ones that you know you can pedal, but also has a little motor on it, so it take you thirty miles an hour. But he had the fattest tires I've ever seen on a goddamn bike. He had some goddamn BMX <laughs> funeral tires on his shit. That motherfuckers was made for off roading and shit. Did you just say DMX funeral tires? God yeah. damn! You talk about he didn't want to get a flat, Jerry. <laughs> How DMX get dropped off by Greg Digger? Come on. Come on. <laughs> that is the name. I mean, who else going to think DMX got to come hard, man. That shit fucked up. Man. I was just happy they didn't have his truck sponsored by Monster Energy, energy Drink. <laughs> just a bunch of white bitches throwing out modern Monster Energy. Did you see who was in the truck? It was crazy. only white people in the truck that were driving the truck. <laughs> Who you think the only white people own those type of trucks, yeah? <laughs> exactly. What the fuck are you thinking, Jerry? Those were all owners of the truck, nigga. <laughs> they like, man, we get to be in a funeral procession. <laughs> And the only reason I'm on here is because I literally took a shower this morning. I uh-huh. woke up. I saw my team was in a bad position. I was like, damn, my team's getting fucked, right? Yeah. I started scouting. And I was going to pick up Joe Harris for Chris Boucher. Uh-huh. But it wouldn't let me drop him unless I dropped somebody else first because he's just in my IR spot. Oh, okay. So so I was like, you know what? Let me, I got to figure out who I need to drop. Let me just hop in the shower real quick. When I get out of the shower, I'm going to hop back on here and I'm going to drop somebody. I just don't know who I want to drop here. It's probably going to be Eric Fournier, Evan Fournier's bitch ass. So I get back on. This nigga Jared picks up the person I was trying to get. (laughs) Hey, Jared, man, this is fucked up, man. I fucked up. I admit it, I fucked up. That's the only way you can talk to Jared. You got to admit your own fuck up first. So I think by, by the second or third text, I, I was like, Jared, I got to let you know I fucked up. All right? It's my bad. All right? So let's start uh, there. But I need this nigga, Joe Harris. I need this nigga, Joe Harris. This nigga, Jared says, okay, well, just come on the podcast. I'll send you the link. I get on the podcast. I text the nigga back. He said, I'm going to send the nigga in the mail. Oh, come on. Come on. <laughs> Some integrity I deal with, Aaron. You did everything you asked you to do. You got a lot of racial tendencies, Jared. I just want to acknowledge that. You know, you wouldn't do this to your wife. 
You wouldn't do this to your white friend. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. You are listening to the High Score 510 podcast on Instagram, YouTube, and the Twitter. Also, check us out at the Patreon at patreon.com backslash highscore510. And we are here with... Uh, this is Aaron Grayson, also known as AG3. Uh, coming at you faster than uh, Madonna's new 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 27-year-old boyfriend, making sure he locked down a little bit of a couple of bills pays to get that PS5. They're only about 30 years apart in age. She got this brother. He's 27 years old. She got some 27-year-old brother. He, and, and he was blowing marijuana smoke into her mouth on his birthday. Getting kinky, huh? That's probably the only thing he's blowing into her mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Donna shit. 62. Donna 62. Get that some under 30 years. So somebody's going to have to give us some booty. Hey, she got a fake booty, though. You seen, hey, Darius, you saw her I fake booty? I seen that nasty. <laughs> no, I haven't seen it, but I yeah, bet it looks like oh, it's bad. Uh, uh, an old like, person wearing a diaper. It, it looked like, like a full uh, diaper. Her, it looked her, look her wearing a J-Lo booty with a diaper on it. <laughs> it looked bad. You're right, Darius. It's bad. And we are here with What's up, y'all? My name is Darius. Uh, most of y'all know me as AKA the nigga who owns the podcast, AKA Jason Duff. You know, uh, AKA uh, the, the only reason I'm on here is because these niggas couldn't get no guests. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here's your sound bite. Here's your sound bite. Fuck you, Darius. Fuck. Fuck you. Ah. Kiss me, please. <laughs> please kiss me. I'm going to tell Bow. Fuck Bow. Fuck. T.O. is black. He's a black. He's a black. <laughs> Fuck him, too. He's, he's a slave. They're all slaves. Wait, who is that? That's, that's so meta. That's me. Imitating a girl who actually talked to me that way. And Jared's now playing it as a soundbite. Not, not only is he still in podcast, he's still in lines, Darius. That's so crazy. That, 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 you don't even know what just happened. Jared's literally playing a soundbite for me, of me, about me. Wow. He's a slave. They're all slaves. Those exact words. White girl. By the way. All of those words to me, <laughs> literally all of those words. Now I put them together so it's, it's more comical. But I'm sure, as Jared and maybe even another friend of ours, pal, was there to to recant or to recollect this. I think that was all 100 percent verbatim things that she said that night. So just a heads up. Just imagine <laughs> a young blonde, 20 year old white girl saying that to me, man. That shit was wild. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry, you kill kill when that Fuck now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she she got mad at Darius because she was trying to sneak out on Pal with a Darius in front of Pal. <laughs> wow. <laughs> She's like, oh, she wanted she wanted she wanted me to. You know what? I'm married. I, I can talk about this. Talk. She wanted me to do her. <laughs> She wanted me to. She wanted me to have sex with her, and she was my roommate's girlfriend. And told me, "Don't tell him." First of all, if this was even going to happen, 
Where we gonna do this at? Because I stay with the nigga who you stay with. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> like, you were tripping. When he told her that, she said, He's a slave. <laughs> And Daria said, said, no, thank you. <laughs> she said, fuck you. Ah. That's uh, pretty accurate. Did you just cut all those pieces of that story up? Yeah, just to retell it, it again? Yep. God damn. It was going hard. Uh, shout out to Pal Sponsorship. Come on our show. All right, and my name is Jared, a.k.a. DJ Art, with two T's for a double dose of that tink tink. The D is silent, so it's just Jart. Ooh, baby, I got Popeyes. That chicken sounds so good, Jared. It, it, it makes me think someone's grandma <laughs> fried it twice, prayed for it, sent it up to God, and he swiped left on it. <laughs> Thank you, Popeyes, for exploiting everything about Black culture and making them sound even more ignorant on, every, on uh, to a national audience. Every time they come up with a new uh, a new item, they 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 they, uh, they harken back to what Richard Pryor said. They're getting them some new niggas. Uh, Adarius, how you doing, man? Where you been? What's going on? You back in Oakland? I'm good, man. You know, trying to, trying to I'm living my life like golden. Trying to maintain. Uh, hate all these niggas out here, like always. You know, I'm always hating on niggas. That's my yeah. thing. I heard you move uh, back to a zombie apocalypse. Uh, yeah, it's pretty fucked up, man. You know, the Bay Area is really uh, going through a lot. It's resilient, though, so I think it's going to bounce back in a great way. But right now, man, our people is really struggling out here. I can see it everywhere, and it's, it's pretty sad, actually. Right. Meanwhile, you got niggas like Jared in their little tight tights biking right by him saying, good luck, nigga. There's always food. <laughs> So with you, how's the, how's the podcast been? Hey, for all the listeners, just know that I I did not leave the podcast. I was gentrified by Jared Sims. <laughs> <laughs> Things are going pretty well. We have we've had a string of guests uh, that have been some interesting conversations and whatnot. Yeah, man, just uh, just carrying on and doing the damn thing. Just doing the damn thing. Hey, so uh, how are things going with the uh, with the new campaign? I, I, we saw this week Zion Williamson came out with a new shoe, and he was on Shay Sharp's show talking about it. Um, how, how's that process? Yeah, man, Zion is a real dynamic dude, man. And, um, you know, I can't really speak on my involvement at Jordan Brand, but I can say that um, – He's a dude that deserves a, a sneaker that fits his personality. And as it stands right now, I personally think that there could be some more room to bring in his personality. Right now, the brand is playing off of his youthfulness and his explosiveness. And I think that that's not necessarily the direction, but I'm not a creative director, so I can't make those calls. But I think part of the direction should be rooted in his actual you know, like heritage, like let's start talking about where he's from. Let's start talking about like high school games, the, you know, the, the, the blowout. Let's start talking about shit that like makes sense to his storyline. And I think right now we're playing off this like 20 year old phenom, but I'm really excited for him to start his, his footwear journey with the Zion one. I, I can only say it's going to for sure go up from here. 
like for sure, for sure. I, I think they should market it as a uh, true Zionism since his name is Zion and be like, hey man, we gotta make this holy land for the Hebrews again. <laughs> man, once, once, and then, once and we and got... and put a picture of that black Israelite that walk around Berkeley with that cane <laughs> on the side of the shoe. That, ain't that a bunch of niggas' daddy? <laughs> probably, I think he probably do got like eleven kids at Berkeley. Yeah, he has like he has like twenty Berkeley kids. Like, <laughs> wow. Can we just call him the Zion Elevens? Uh, and then just leave it at that. Just, just go straight <laughs> to the I'm telling you, like, eleven. Zion, like, why are my shoes to Zion Elevens? <laughs> hey man, I'm just telling you, the eleven. You put eleven on anything, and it sounds good. You know what I'm saying? So is is Zion Williamson? Is he kind of a country boy, or is he is he is he not? Come a on, country? it's a South Carolina country as hell, man. But is he country though? Because he been in the spotlight. Yeah, he, man. man, you. He's actually hella quiet and humble. Like you wouldn't know That's that country. that nigga is the best basketball player. That's how Herschel Walker used to be. Yeah, he, he's like he's like a mix between Draymond and Marshawn. Like he'll probably still say something real youthful and off the hook, but he keeps it like professional, like Draymond, but like still sounds like he's from like the back, the bayou. He's been doing the job. Have you had conversations about his performance uh, on your fantasy team and uh, whether or not you know what I'm saying he's living up to your draft expectations? Uh, no. <laughs> Uh, no, but I, that's funny that you say that because for him, um, no, I haven't. But um, there's people who are hella cool with Chris Paul. And mm-hmm. I always talk about how Chris Paul just like dismantled my season year after year because I always would pick him and he would just get hurt. And a lot of the friends that know him and Jordan Brand relay funny messages like that back to him. <laughs> and I don't know if he likes me. <laughs> hey, can you but give him a message from me, Darius? Yeah, yeah. Tell him yeah, I, yeah, I got you. Uh, tell him pass my number to, to his brother Cliff, so because I'm trying to get some insurance. <laughs> <laughs> because I mean, that, that actually, you know, if I drop that joke, he might like me again. Hey, uh, I'm trying to reach his brother. I mean, you know, this is I want some more. I'm, I'm trying to get some more State Farm life insurance because after uh, after Shock G passed away. It made me think about it. I'm like, man, I'm glad we still got Humpty Hump still alive. Here, it don't work. (laughs) In news this week, Steve Urkel has come out with his own weed brand, and he he debuted it with your boy Snoop Dogg. The strand is called Purple Urkel. I'm glad it does. Guys, think about that. Because that 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 strand been around forever. Purple Urkel. When I first heard of weed, it was Purple Urkel was out. Like it's like, hey man, I don't know if you can call this a new strand. There was already a strand called Purple Urkel. I think this is the, one of the worst branding campaigns I've ever seen. <laughs> I will say. And then most importantly, I want to say this: if you, I don't even know his real name, but if you, uh, uh, Luke Jaleel Skywalker, White. right? Mm-hmm. You Luke. What's, no, what's Luke? I know Jilla White, but who's Luke Skywalker's real name? Oh, Mark Hamill. Actual actor. Mark Hamill. There you go. You can't be Mark Hamill, wait 20 years, and then be like, well, look, since I was the Skywalker in this straight up fictional film, I'm about to rebrand Skywalker OG and make it my shit. It's like, mm-hmm. come on, dog. Like, it's kind of corny. It's kind of too late. You should have been repping that shit when you was Urkel. If you were Urkel and you had an episode where you smoked, I would have been like, this is the smartest thing I've ever seen. 
Come on, man. You're just like, you're reaching. Are you Jalil White? Are you Urkel? Who are you? I'm coming out with a new shoe of Dar. It's called the Air Jordan 1. I'm, re- I'm coming out with this new, <laughs> this new shoe. I'm, I'm taking yeah. a page out of Jalil White. And you should get Michael B. Jordan to, to, to be a model. <laughs> yeah, that's Michael, what I'm gonna get. Michael B. Michael B. Jordan comes out with some Killmonger weed in 20 years, or some. Uh, he gonna come out with them, his own Air Jordans. And he come, out, come out. My name Michael Jordan. That's exactly what it is. My name Michael Jordan. I'm gonna come out with some Air Jordans in like 30 years. Yeah, how oh. you gonna come out with the Purple Urkel, Jared? Purple Urkel. Let me tell you the first time what year that was when I first heard of Purple Urkel. It was uh, oh six. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. It wasn't new. It wasn't new in 06 when I heard yeah, about. It. Yeah. When yeah. I actually, when I actually had the purple Urkel come by my way. Maybe he finally got the rights to it. Maybe he was. Maybe he was in. You know, uh, what is it? Negotiations with CBS or whoever owns the Viacom, whoever owns the rights to Family Matters and that character name. Kind of like The Rock was able to eventually own the the name and be able to call it The Rock from the WWE. Man, he had. Yeah, they he came had to, to find that shit out. Yeah, they came to an agreement about that, right? And so maybe no, Urkel, no, maybe no, Family no. Matters, maybe Family Matters is like you know it's it's twenty years old now or hasn't been like viable in over like fifteen years. And maybe they're trying to, you know, get it back in the, in the, in, you know, back into the cycle of, you know, saying consciousness. They're so like, hey, Urkel, you can use the name, you can have a percentage of the name, and you can use it for other ventures because maybe it'll get their syndication numbers back up. You know what I'm saying? Maybe that's. You think it is. ABC would give a black man any ownership in anything? Jerry, get the fuck out of here. Well, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I think they might do that. Steph Curry got that damn show, that goddamn golfing show popping. You think he owns that show? That nope. Nigga, they paid him 25 grand. It was like, peace, nigga. That's what I'm saying. He, he, he getting a paycheck. He still got to go to the Knicks check scash. Come yeah. on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, here's the, here's the little promo they did with uh, Snoop Dogg. I'll play it for you. I don't drink. I smoke. Oh. Let's get the icky. Yeah. By Mary Jane. Mm-hmm. Well, say less. I grow my own. Purple Urkel. Steve Urkel got his own weed. Indeed. Purple Urkel. Hmm. I manipulated the flavonoids to enhance the purple aesthetic. Save all that shit. Let's spark up one. Oh, you ain't fucking around. Mm. I should warn you, all of my strains have extreme potency. <laughs> Man, the stranger, the strange, the stronger my game. See, you know what gets me? He was just not too long ago saying how he, how, you know, how, why he liked playing the role of Urkel, what it gave for him, but he hated it because he couldn't have a Hollywood career after it, like that's all people saw him as. Yeah. Well, I, and it's funny how Switch he goes to embracing Urkel. Because, I mean, that wasn't long ago when he was complaining about Urkel. I don't know, Eric. I think he wasn't embracing Urkel. I think that nigga was embracing his new character, which is Black Pee Wee Herman. <laughs> that's, that's, he's, he's embracing his new self. Maybe he's going to come out with another strand called uh, the Purple Stefan Urkel. You know, I think the problem is, I think the problem is, Black it's really hard. <laughs> Black Stefan, yeah, the Stefan. The, the issue is that it was probably really hard for people to get used to not seeing him as Urkel because the nigga got some big ass, like uh, ceiling to floor drape ass eyelids, bro. You ever seen how big, you see the distance between his eyeballs and his eyebrows? Nigga got, there's a <laughs> lot of space there. And that's why he always look weird without the glasses. Those people can get used to him. Anyways, y'all gonna try it when it, when it comes out to the club near you? No, no. no. We're talking about trying, it's already been out. We're trying- I don't really want to discuss. That, okay, that in my, let me put like that is not in my past. Urkel. In my past, he maybe I have had some purple Urkel back in the day. Listen, yeah. if he starts calling, if he starts calling his ounce sacks 
Winslow's, I'll start buying them. <laughs> <laughs> if you get, if you, you, it's like, uh, you call it the Carl Winslow is a pound. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like the big, big one is a Carl Winslow. Yeah. Then I'll start buying it. Like if, if he does that, I'm with it. But other than that, like Aaron is right. The Purple Urkel has been around for a while. It seems like a one trick pony. Like, is your company called Purple Urkel or you just only sell the strand Purple Urkel? Because, like, if that is what you're about, nigga, that's one strain. Like, your whole company's based on one fucking thing to smoke. Good luck, Julio. Yeah, we'll see. All right, shout out to Purple Urkel. Sponsorship. Come on our show. Question of the day from It's Uncle Dub. Question of the day from It's Uncle Dub on Instagram and Twitter. Our friend Woody. He wants to know, who is the bigger coon? Herschel Walker or Ben Carson? Ooh, that's hard. Put them both in the paper bag and shake it up and just whoever fall out first <laughs> when it comes to those two. Those two. I still never forget my mama for forcing me to read Ben Carson book when I was young. Thank you, mama. You know what? I could have been reading something that I really liked, but you made me read Ben Carson. The only difference between the two niggas is one of them has a 24-hour fitness number two. <laughs> they both wear the same glasses see let me tell you this thing like Herschel Walker is an example of you know I feel like some football remember like Homer Simpson had the extra layer of fat so he couldn't like get a concussion and yeah. I felt like Her- Herschel Walker is like you know one of those football players you know there's some football players that seem like they made it through the NFL long career and have like no like mental issues or or CTE Herschel Walker is an example of a player not using his brain cells well not suffering from CTE, but instead of using it for good, going to use it for bad. Going to act like you got CTE. Well, shit, they think I got CTE. I get away with anything. I can say this and get paid. They ain't going to trip. Native Americans ran faster than the, than the, than the, than the Africans. That's why they ain't run slaves. <laughs> I, I don't know. I think he's exhibiting all traits of a nigga with hella CTE. <laughs> I mean, he could be. You might be right. You might be right. I'm trying to get the benefit of the doubt, Darius, but I think you're right. I think you need to go ahead and just put a hole in his chest and so we can study his brain. Oh, come on, bro. You say Junior Seau? <laughs> damn, damn, damn. Dave uh, Durson? A lot of, a lot of Dave Durson, a lot of them bit the hole in the chest so they could. Uh, I feel like we gonna do, he gonna do that to Darius and then we gonna see his perfectly. It's, it's like, hey, man, it's perfect. He's just from Georgia. That's what they, they gonna say. They, they, just, they gonna, they gonna bring in a, a phrenologist from, <laughs> from the 1940s and be like, yes, this nigger's head is exactly as we expected. <laughs> Exactly. They gonna find out he had more white. He still had white matter. I was like, hey, he was actually getting smarter. He still had white matter. That, he, he was, that. This is a prime That's example it. of a house nigger's brain. <laughs> you, you niggas is tripping. They gonna show the X-ray and that shit gonna look like a deflated fucking pig skin. <laughs> Come on. Come on. It's gonna look like <laughs> a Heisman trophy. No, no, no. See, he's just up. he's just following his heritage. His heritage taught him that that the slave owners who had no success and no luck trying to make a Native American who land they took become their slave because the Native American ran away. Well, they thought it was fine then to use African American who didn't know the country, didn't know the language, didn't know the religion, and they didn't run away. <laughs> We dropped the nigga off in Harlem. It's like they didn't know where to what? go. They didn't know where to. Where, they didn't know where the thirteen bus ran or or where the train system ran. So they just decided to stay put. 
He just as ignorant as can be, man. You know what? See, he's so ignorant. He, you know, I bet you Herschel Walker plays chess with pigeons. <laughs> the NFL has approved the change in jersey numbers. Tom Brady is not a fan. He said, to quote him, good luck trying to figure out who to block next year. Um, straight straight yeah. entitlement. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Entitlement, dude. He seemed to only like rule changes when they the rule changes that that favor him. Like, hey man, hey, we can use our own balls. I favor that. Now all of a sudden, a rule change with rules for different numbers. He acting like you can't block it. Guess what? In college, I saw Ray Lewis in college wear a single digit number. Deion Sanders wore number two. I saw many linebackers wear number one in college. Michael Irvin wore number 47 as a wide receiver. At Cal, I've seen numerous brothers wearing the same number at the same time while playing significant (laughs) minutes on both sides of the ball. Exactly. I got to say this. At all of my time playing football, my coach never said, all right, listen, when a nigga runs up, make sure he's not numbered. 40 through 40 below. All right. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you don't have to block him or guard you him. You blocking the wrong motherfucker. <laughs> I saw you blocking a player with the number 21. Of I, that's not a lot. I told you block the 56. Make sure, make, make sure the nigga, nigga who's coming for you better be 50 to 70. If you ain't 50 to 70, don't touch him. Like, that, that just never happened. I'm sorry, ever. Like, he didn't dig Tom Brady. What are you talking about? It's called a formation, you fuck. You're like the smartest quarterback in the world, and you're talking about good luck to both. Exactly. What? You just blocked the nigga from coming for you. What are Man, you talking he's like, about? That skinny nigga uh, was wearing <laughs> that skinny nigga was wearing a D-line number, and the big nigga was wearing a running back number, so I didn't think to block him. It's like mm-hmm. I couldn't tell the difference. I'll let, I'll, I'll let them both. I'll let them both go. All of a sudden, <laughs> uh, Tom Brady go get mad. Hey, man, man, my guard on that play pulled and took out someone on the sideline because he he was wearing the number seven. <laughs> I saw some nigga number eighty eight throw a touchdown. Like nigga, <laughs> shut the fuck up. Uh, you know the, that's one you, of the great. You know what he should have bitched about? I was reading something about it for some of the players to get like some of them if their their college numbers open. Like and they're on their old team, they have to buy out the jerseys. So so Davin Cook from Minnesota said he was gonna stay at his number because it'll be too expensive for him to change. He says numbers available, his college number and his high school numbers available, but he said it's gonna cost him about uh several million dollars to buy out the jerseys to get. You have no. to pay for the I, I think you have to pay either it's something to do either the NFL. I don't know. You have to pay someone to get the numbers. Usually, I thought you 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 also like you know pay pay the player who has the number. You pay the player who has it, which is a lot cheaper than you have to pay like the NFL for the jersey to switch because they're going to claim they can no longer sell that jersey. So you're buying out the jerseys that's remaining. Right. Well, with his money from being a partial owner of the fan control football league team, I'm sure he can afford it. <laughs> let me tell you, let me tell you, which is a fucking lie, Jared, because look, I was on a Rams shop Rams website the other day, shop NFL was on the Rams. And I was mad because Jared Goff's jersey was $20 cheaper than Aaron, Mc- Aaron Donald. I'm like, wait, one one is still on the team. One ain't even on the team no more. How's this jersey only twenty dollars cheaper? Because they still haven't got the inventory to Ross or Marshalls yet. Yeah, David Cook would have to pay for the price of the inventory left on his jersey, which would fall in the range of one point five million. Now Tom Brady should be bitching about that. Like now, the players who are switching teams don't have to pay for this, right? Like so, for example, uh, what's the cornerback that overrated? Still good, but overrated in Arizona for all these years. Patrick Peterson. Patrick Peterson. You know how he signed with who he signed with Minnesota, I think. I think Minnesota. So he's talking about switching to a, 
uh, his college number because he won't have to pay since he switched things. Yeah. I think it's cool. I think it'll be interesting. Like it'll make the game more interesting. I like the 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 fact that you can kind of for the fans watching, you can kind of tell who's an O lineman, who's a D, like who's a linebacker, or who's a D lineman, or who's a tight end. For some of the guys who are a little bit you know bigger and differential, but like honestly, like I can tell the O lineman from the DBs and and, and the receivers. You know what I'm saying? I can tell. Yeah, because they want. Yeah, nigga, okay. you can tell the O line. You can tell the O linemen for where they line up on the field. That's exactly. Well, that's the other thing. I'm a tell. Thing. I'm a tell because they in the stance. Well, I can also tell the difference in size and the difference in speed. But then also, yeah, where they line up on the field. So I, I just don't understand why Tom Brady even really cares. But also, oh shit. Oh shit. Hold on. There's somebody entering the studio. Oh shit. Oh, fresh off a game, too. Oh, we got Lito P. Oh, snap. Lito P. Marinara. Ooh, Ooh fresh <laughs> off a game. Fresh off a game with the crawfish rays. Ooh. Uh, Ooh. Yeah. Y'all, pick up, y'all pick up a W? Oh, you on mute. That oh, means he's no. Muted. He's muted still. Yeah, I saw that hang face, on, though. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Yeah, yeah. No, no, dude. I'm, I'm heartbroken right now. I'm sick. I'm sick. Oh, you guys caught an L, huh? In, in the worst way. Ooh. Well, what's the worst way? Uh, they gave me the ball uh, in the bottom of the seventh <laughs> with a three-run lead to close the door. It's oh, only seven yeah. innings, seven inning games, seven inning games. Are you are you like the Keith Folk of the team now, dude? Dude, Jared, Jared. <laughs> I'm not even the closer. I'm the setup guy. But they used the closer in a high leverage situation earlier, and he so couldn't throw no more. <laughs> he, <laughs> he got pinch hit for the last inning. Oh, that sounds like some managerial issues, bro. No, 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 because it was a back-and-forth game. His spot came up in the top of the seventh um, with the chance to add more runs to the lead, and they pinch hit and brought me in to close. Did you guys end up adding more runs to the lead with the pinch hit? Yes, I think one. Okay. Well, they should have. They should have not pitched it because he would have been like, "I got a two-run lead versus Pal having a three-run lead." Yeah, yeah. I'm about to say, and then Pal, and then Pal, and then Pal left his butt cheeks open. And then... No, but I, this is what I gotta say: is um, baseball is a cruel game, man. It's it's cruel. Like it's just a game of inches, you know. I mean, I, I don't know if you want me to go on on the about the inning in in on the podcast, but uh, in just. Two inches either way. I mean, on a ground ball that could have been a double play that ended up being a seeing high single. I had two outs, runners on first and second, still with the one run lead. And again, this was playing my former team and all these guys that I'm friends with. Oh, this is the team you left last year. This is the team I left last year. There's, um, you know, some nice women in the crowd like that I was trying to, the stage was set. And... (laughs) I'm two outs, two outs, first and second, still have a one run lead. And um, my friend duty is up. He's a lefty. My center fielder is playing to him to pull, but I'm throwing on the outside. It's one, one count. I throw a fastball on the outside. He goes with it and kind of, it's a soft line drive. That's kind of tailing away from my center fielder. And my center fielder goes all out diving catch the lays out full extension misses you know misses the ball it would have been an incredible catch to win the game this is the ball the ball rolls to the fence running from source comes around and scores game over and how many outs was it at this point two two oh, oh. man that does hurt so if y'all don't Fucked know pal, 
Pal is uh, in New Orleans. He is our Jungle Ball correspondent. And Jungle Ball is a city baseball league out in New Orleans. And Pal is well, yo, on hang the on. Race. You gotta see the jersey though. Hey, sound like sound sound like Pal. They should have brought in a third Dominican. Yeah, they should have been a third. So, pal, uh, can you? I ain't got faith in you, pal. Hold on, hold on. I got faith in you, pal. I got faith in you, pal. Uh, You'll turn it around. Pal. You'll turn it around. You'll turn around, pal. Don't worry. Don't you know what this means, pal. You know what this means. You're not gonna get that ride in that monster truck on your way out. <laughs> <laughs> hey, pal. So you're saying that in the bottom of the seventh, they came up to bat and said this: spread your cheeks and lift your sack. <laughs> <laughs> nah, man. Baseball's a cruise sport. The great things you, you get it again next week. <laughs> I am I not gay I... anymore. I am delivered. <laughs> I would not date a man. I would not tear a purse. <laughs> and they was like, call in, call in pal. Call in pal. We need him to pitch and say the game. And, and, and this is who showed up. It's that boy Chattanooga. <laughs> wow, that's nice stuff there. That's actually the funnest one. Funnest one. But I'll talk about I'll do that last <laughs> pitch and then yelled out. It's white boy summer. <laughs> Dude, I can see I can see somebody in the crowd who's rude for your team, pal, at the end of the game after you blew it, being like, Yeah! And that nigga owe me five dollars. Nah, 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 nah. No, you know, pal, I'm I mean, like to be honest, to be honest, Jared, I think this week's black people saving baseball needs to be me giving up the three-run lead. Honor <laughs> yourself. Honor yourself to give up a three-run lead. I'm, I'm the honorary. That should be Pal. a new segment. White people are screwing up black baseball. Pal, I want to hear. I want to hear about these women in the crowd, man. I like these two. I like these two that want to keep ragging on you. I want to hear right, about the women you, in this crowd, you. man. Thank you. Yeah, oh, no, no, Aaron, 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 look, look, look. Do you, Pal, show us a 360 of your apartment real quick. Go ahead. Show us a 360. 360 of your house crib. Aaron, those women aren't there, Aaron. <laughs> Aaron, they didn't come back with him. I don't want to hear anything. Man, these are good old Southern women. They weren't going to go back that night, man. Pal was oh, going to have to go out no, there and do some hollering. Right, right. It's over. But he's not in the mood to do hollering, man. Nah, it's the it's problem. Over. They saw a loser. <laughs> they were like, nah, pal, man. Nah, Pal was going to go out there and do some hollering, man. That's what happened is that after this game, he couldn't get, he, you know, he didn't have the, he didn't have it in, in him to do the hollering. Pal, <laughs> exactly. Pal, just take the Jersey off quick and go hit up the Canal Street. You're going to be good again. So none of the ladies came through after the game because you on that playoff P. I mean, you on that uh, Ramadan on P. That, yeah, no, um, no, yeah, no, uh, no, there was no, there, it, it was, yeah, no, my my main one didn't come. I didn't invite her. Um, oh, you're trying to keep her away. Then, well, no, just because I, I knew I wasn't, I wasn't going to be playing that much today. And then, but then there was one in the crowd who I've been trying to get at for a few years now. And yeah. that was what hurt because and she was and right as we're walking off the field, literally walking off the field after getting walked off, giving up the three run lead. She's there right by the fence like, oh, I didn't know you played baseball. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, no, no, it's not. The time. <laughs> hey, so wait. So, yo, come back to me in five minutes. I'll have something for you. Actually, I think we got audio of that, pal. This is the audio we found oh, of her God. in the parking lot afterwards. Hold on. Kiss me, please. I'm going to tell Pal. Fuck Pal! <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit! Oh, no, no, Yo, is that what I think it was? No idea. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was me imitating Jesse. Imitating yep. Jesse. Yep. It, imitating her. Imitating you. It yep. was wild. Jared with the soundbite this week is Damn, crazy. Damn, Jared, how'd you find that one? That was that was on my old phone. <laughs> I got it. <laughs> 
Wow. Oh, oh no, Pal knows about the whole situation. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yo, I've known Pal. I've known Pal longer than almost anybody. Would you think I wasn't going to tell him about what happened? Yeah. That was a real that was real life. Dude, she was sloppy, bro. She was hella sloppy. <laughs> she was crazy, bro. Yeah, she was definitely sloppy. T.O. is black. <laughs> I was there for that. I was yeah. there. <laughs> what, do, what do we think about the Kyrie Ramadan situation? Oh, Kyrie Ramadan? I think it's dope. I feel like Kyrie, although there's a lot of things that um, in the past that I've also like not like super fucked with or liked about him just because the way he talks or the behaved a little bit, like it's I don't yeah. not a big deal from what I have my opinion of him. But uh, recently in the last uh, year or so, I've seen him, you know, make strides of becoming a uh, a better man and a better person. Not to say he wasn't a, a good. Who person. the fuck you been watching, man? You watching a totally different Kyrie? Your news is different from mine, Jared. I'm talking about man, he been active social politically. You know, what I'm saying? Been, man, shot man, he, he Jared. Paid, I don't want to hear this shit. He, paid, he, he doing a facade, facade, Jared. He paid the, the he fucking paid, facade. Aaron, I, I tend to, I tend to agree with Aaron. To yeah, be honest. it's a facade. The Ramadan facade. Everything yeah. he does is a fucking facade, Jared. He paid I, the I, women, I like to be. I tell you, I'm one of those WNBA. people. That, yeah, I mean that's not that. What, what was that? Two percent of his salary? I mean, it wasn't much. I don't know. It's nice. It's still nice. It's still nice. He did it. I don't think it's a bad dude. He didn't pay the whole fucking salary. Let stop saying the wrong thing. He did not pay the whole salary. He paid the salary for the people who opted out of their little bubble, which wasn't that many people, and it wasn't like it was a high salary. Still nice. He didn't have to do it. It was nice. David Price paid for the whole minor league. That was a bigger deal for me. He paid the whole minor league salary, way more than what, what Kyrie. But still, it was still nice. He did it. But it's a facade, Jared. I, I like to pride myself on knowing like when people are being genuine and knowing what's inside people, he's not being genuine. It's for, man, that's all. I'm sorry to cut you off, but I just felt too. I couldn't, I couldn't what? sit here and let it go. Man, he doing his thing, man. He doing his thing. Yeah, I'm that's not, the problem. He always do his thing. I'm not and saying. His I, thing I, I, is I, I, to I, make I, him I, look better. And I feel you on this one, man. You know, I, I feel like just a good example of the Kyrieisms that he be pulling. If you think about uh, when he returned back to Boston and he pulled out the sage and he did the whole sage walk and was on camera doing the sage walk for like 30 minutes pregame. And he had like an Avalonie show. Like, all right, so part of it is like you're coming at it with this new spiritual mind and you're coming at it with like a form of spirituality where you can cleanse the arena. Yeah, no, I feel it. Exactly. Like, that's a real thing. There, hold on. I mean, like, for real, just know we not, we not, you know, we, we talking yeah. real things. So I hear it, right? I, I really do hear it. I understand it, right? Palo Santo got my, got my sage on deck. But a part of it is, nigga, you should have did that at 8 a.m. Nobody around. Go to the stadium. Like, go mm. on the day before when they're setting up the fucking arena floor. You go do the walk then. Like, if you really- When you're practicing, exactly. When you're, when you're practicing. When you're, exactly. Or when you're practicing and it's just like, hit it up real quick. Like, you made it this big thing where, like, he just makes it a thing. And so, if you're starting to take, like, this new personality and just doing it to hyper- like kind of hyper focus, like your new way of being, it's kind of fake too. And and I'm not saying that he's not evolving. I kind of feel it, but like if you got to do it in a way that's so public, maybe you're not. I tend to I tend to agree with with Aaron and, and Dari. There's some that's just inauthentic about about everything that he does, and and just like the the image of him kind of like on his knees, like at, in his uniform at half court. Again, it's like, do did we ever see Hakeem or? you know, Kareem or all the, or Ennis Cantor or any of the countless other Muslim athletes, like praying Salat, like 
at the uh, uh, like in uniform at the court like I don't even know if he was facing Mecca the right way. It all just seems so much of like a, a like a an image kind of thing. And, and hey, he um, was facing he was faking Mecca. He was facing Mecca, uh, pal, the uh, old Mecca Stadium in Milwaukee. Right. <laughs> which, which, which for him would have been facing West. Like That's the, the Mecca he was facing. Nah, the Mecca, the Mecca Center. <laughs> He's based in Mechanics Bank. <laughs> no, uh, you know, I agree that, that there is something that, that, that seems and, a little contrived about it. You know, again, I'm all for people embracing Islam and, and um, you know, Ramadan is a time where, you know, Allah calls all people to kind of explore this way of life and this religion and, and everything. And so, um, I, I, you know, I, I definitely, I'm not trying to like hate on him. It's just his past actions. He does, he seems kind of like a new age kind of for the clout type of dude. And, and it does seem just like, like this is kind of kind of part of it. Whereas like Steven Jackson has always been like a stand up reputable dude and him becoming Muslim to me is more impactful and more like, you know, yeah, I can see that that's legit. So we'll see, we'll, we'll see, you know, I could see Kyrie, you know, next month, you know, in India, you know, with some Tibetan Buddhist monk, you know, on that kind of, it just seems Maharaja. like he's the next. You know, I, 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 I get what y'all are saying. And I'm not saying like, I, like most things with Kyrie, like I was on him uh, up until like the last year and I'm I'm trying to ease up on him because I see him doing some things that, you know, are unpopular to the mainstream and unpopular to the mainstream. To me, means that you are actually doing some substantive to a degree uh, exploration and actually like, you know, saying venturing and dissenting or deviating from the norm of what is expected of him. Now, he could have just been like the Kyrie that was always injured, always about playing, playing himself. And it, those notes might still be there. Um, he might just be like still petulant and those notes might still be there. But what I'm saying is that he's doing things that are beyond just like focusing on just himself. Now, is he, is he, is he like a, a world leader? Is he like some great person that we should draw inspiration from? No, not necessarily, but is he, um, expanding the perceived uh, avenues that an athlete can express themselves or uh, maintain being in the spotlight? I think so. So in that way, you know what I'm saying? I kind of flex with him in that way. Now, I'm not saying that he isn't uh, potentially appropriating. Um, I, I heard he got some native. That's why he got them light brown eyes and some white in them probably too. But anyways, um, I'm just saying is that he's he's going off the beaten path. He's getting friction from the from the general narrative and the general media because of things that he's doing that are kind of deviating. And and yeah, like he's not he's 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 his own dude, so he's always gonna be kind of doing his own thing. He went from being Uncle Drew to now, you know, saying being sage smudge Kyrie. So I think there is some kind of growth that isn't just him just trying to, you know, saying get that Pepsi sponsorship and just be all about, you know, saying just being some puppet of, you know, saying the man, which I can fucks with. He's not uh, allowing himself to necessarily be the puppet of the man. He might be a puppet of himself. Are you calling other people who are more genuine, but just because they're not out there growing with every spirituality or every every uh, minority cause, were you calling them being puppets or maybe they just got a different lifestyle? Lit? No, no, I think I think he blew up faster than he should have because he was like the he was the dude who came from Duke. He's number one pick. And, you know. It was he. LeBron left. They needed a. They needed in Ohio somebody to be the man, and and he had a little bit of personality. Would you and say they, he was the man? Because they 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 yeah, didn't yeah, make well, the playoffs well, well, one got, time. Yeah. No, 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 no. But he got a movie. He literally had a movie. He Uncle Drew movie. movie. Of he got commercial. a movie. He got a movie off of a commercial. Like within the first three years of his career. Like that's not doing any work. That means that you're signing on to be a puppet of whoever wants to produce and leverage and use that your wasn't three your, years. Your that was later. For like, Uncle oh, Drew came out after LeBron was back. That's true because he became an exclusive Nike athlete. So listen, Jared, for you to just say like he 
I just want to be clear. He blew up off of nothing is where my eyes go. Whoa. Because at before we have to remember before LeBron, young Kyrie was averaging like 18 and eight. Like he was balling, bro. Yeah, he's doing and, well, but and, he was always getting hurt. But he was doing well. I'm not yeah, saying. No, yeah. Yes, he was. Yes, he did. He was yes. a young budding star. But, but then but, LeBron came and like he was already like people were already like this dude is the next. Like, so I, 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 I just say like. A couple of things. I'll, I'll leave my arguments with a couple of things. One, Kyrie's basketball skills. Uh, the nigga's dribbling like nobody. Some I would say maybe ever, but nobody in the league right now for sure. Maybe Steph closest, but like the way the nigga splits defenders, gets through the league, does his thing. Nobody like him. So let's give him best handles some, ever. I'll say yeah, that. Yeah, let's give him some props there. He's not like a. He's not like just this like far right nigga who like we were just like here just give him something like mm-hmm, he, mm-hmm. he's in he's in the fray of really good basketball players that's one two um Kyrie's antics I would say made him less popular and made him less of the trajectory of the star that he could have actually been I mean he's pretty that's and so that that's what i'm saying is it's a real true testament to how good he actually is because he's still in the conversations he still has a shoe deal and he says some off the wall shit and it really devalued him as a a budding superstar he would be on Giannis and lebron and katie's level had he shut the fuck up Mm -hmm. shut up a little bit more he 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 would actually sound like he trying to make him nelson mandela I ain't trying to make him Nelson Mandela. I'm just saying that, you know what I'm saying? He's also been Over an advocate. Here, like he Nelson Mandela. He's also been an advocate for, for players getting their mental health and their focus correct. You know what I'm saying? He's spoken out about that. And, you know, when Kevin Love. He didn't speak out of years ago when Kevin Love was the one. Yeah, yeah. Don't, 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 he spoke out don't, for himself. Don't let, me, don't let me bring the Kardashians into this. No, no, no. no but don't let the, me bring Kim Kardashian here's the thing, into this. Argument. Here's the thing. When Kevin Love is able to speak out about it, it's accepted because he's a white athlete versus a black athlete. Now, I'm not going to I'm not gonna say you're making well, Kevin Love didn't just disappear. He said it. He spoke out. Mm-hmm. Then he and he didn't take time off. He asked for time off. He handled mm-hmm. it. It's like a motherfucker at work, Jerry. If a motherfucker come to me and like, hey man, I need some time off. Shit ain't going right mentally. I'm stressed. Mm-hmm. Okay, but this motherfucker disappeared, and then and his own coach and general manager know where the fuck he was at. And it's like then he spoke up for mental health and things like that. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. what I'm talking about, Jerry. It's always like this half-ass like do it later thing. It's not like uh, do it when it's best for him. Right? Ron Artest spoke out for mental health. This motherfucker spoke out mm-hmm. for him, not yeah, for they, mental Delonte, health. Delonte West spoke out about mental health. Come on, bro. Kyrie didn't do <laughs> shit. <laughs> yeah, <okay. laughs> I but agree. No, so, so, no, but I'm saying, look, he's done all this stuff recently. In the last couple of years, he's been having whatever you want to call it, his forms of awakening. And so, for me, I'm just saying, hey, Allow him to work this shit out. Like, yeah, he's in the spotlight, so we can be critical. We can talk about it. We can analyze it. And we all have fair opinions on it, I feel like. I'm just saying is that I'm allowing him to continue his venture as a 29-year-old man, continue his his venture as a man in evolving and figuring shit out for himself. And in certain ways, he's doing some good for, 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 for his community or for what like the basketball community, whether it's only paying for all the women who opted out of last year's season, or whether it's speaking candidly at the press conference about uh, whatever is going on in his life or the mental health shit or some other shit. I'm not saying that he is Nelson Mandela. I'm just saying is that I used to hate on him a lot more and I'm giving him the opening because he's showing that he's, 
potentially growing and evolving and changing as a person. Now, is he fitting the normal mode of what I expect out of an athlete, especially a black athlete in America? No. So therefore, I'm not going to sit here and just criticize him unfairly as though they've conditioned us to criticize him in certain ways based upon his behavior. Now, but if you the, have, but the fact, I, I'm but not saying you, that what y'all are saying is not valid either. What I'm saying is that is that. Yes, I understand. Like, yeah, he seems like he still is selfish in, in, in certain ways. Or it's Aaron, like Aaron said, he's doing it half-assed. Like, I get that. I'm not saying that. I'm not taking away from your points and saying that. I'm just saying is that he's still going through the process of these things. So him figuring out how to do it the right way and the perfect way is not is not necessarily uh, 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 going to happen. So, yeah, we can still be critical of it. But at the same time, like, he's doing these things. He's doing some things. Jared, I just want to say this, though. And, and this is, again, I think you're making the point is everything is right. Right. Like there's no there's no I, I think there's actually no difference in what we're all saying. It's just how we're how we're getting to the conclusion. But I will say this, Jared, the fact that you just named his whole reconciliation tour of <laughs> hooking up the WNBA, doing all these things, saying all this shit. The fact that you can say out loud that that's what he's doing. It furthers the point of what we're saying, which is like. It's just sloppy and it's half done and I don't trust it. I don't trust like how he's coming about it and not saying I don't trust him being and growing and maturing as a person. I don't think that's the thing. Like, I think he is doing that, but he's doing that in a way that he has to do it publicly. And that's the shit that's shitty. Like if he was just growing and we didn't hear about Kyrie and we didn't hear nothing. And all of a sudden, like three years, four years down the line, you start hearing these spot stories that Kyrie paid for the bubble, this and this. Like, I'd be like, yo, Kyrie, like on the legacy level, it would have already turned to on for me. I'd be like, oh, he's the man. Oh, mm-hmm. shit. Like Kyrie was doing all that. He was really growing. But the fact that it's like, yeah, last year he was a piece of shit. This year he's donating all this money. It's like, uh, I know what that means. You're just trying to like get on your reconciliation tour. And just as far as the the Ramadan thing, it's like the, the war on terror is over. Like the mass corporate media and the man is not beating the drum against Muslims right now. So it's not like well, it's right now. It's, Just wait soon it, enough. It, it'll be back. No, no, no. We have, we have 20 years of the war on germs. Like they, they passed the torch. We, so <laughs> I, I think, I think that it's not a, um, it's, it's way different than Muhammad Ali at the pinnacle of the like, civil rights era and the like nation of islam's power and it's also different than mahmoud abdul raouf becoming muslim at the beginning of you know the first gulf war and the like beginning of the war on terror etc and so i don't know again i'm again i'm now i'm just kind of siding with dari and i'm poking holes and jared i get your overall point it's just the the Ramadan thing specifically isn't what it would have meant as far as taking a stand in, as in in the man's eyes, as it does now. In solidarity. Well, it's, you know, and it's the thing, if y'all watch one night in Miami, you know what I'm saying? I think there was an interesting conversation within that movie about the process of like, cause is he, is he claiming to be a Muslim now? Is he claiming that he is, you know what I'm saying? fully Muslim or is he exploring it? Is he, is he trying to reconcile whether or not it, it is where he wants to go with his life? I think, I think it's a pal being too nice to you, Jared, because I know what you're doing. They, they saying we saying the same argument. No, nah, man, I know what you're doing, Jared. You probably, if I, see, this is why I wish I had better artistic skills because I would draw like one of those caricatures, cartoons, those political cartoons, and it'll be what you're really doing in your head. And what you're doing in your head is you putting up a picture of Kyrie in your house 
in between a picture of uh, Martin Luther King and a Desmond Tutu. <laughs> so what you saying is that Kyrie, you saying that Kyrie is? He's a slave. They're all slaves. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Cutty Corner Shoutouts. Cutty Corner Shoutouts is a segment where we end the show on and we get a chance, everyone gets a chance to have the floor rant, complain, talk about something that has been bothering them this week. Um, or you can say something positive and highlight something positive in the world. So Cutty Corner Shoutouts. Cutty Corner Shoutouts. It's time. It's time. It's time. We're burning out. God, if you listen, help. So cold and bleeding now, now, now. I meant what it meant. Gonna let you down. He had sex with my mama. We're broken people now. I just said I need a backyatter. Aaron. Do you have a Cutty Corner shout out? Mm-hmm. Yeah, my Cutty Corner shout out goes out to European people, not all European people, but European soccer fans and not all European soccer fans, just the ones who, uh, t- which was still a lot of them took to the streets. And um, as we know, this week, uh, soccer, the bigger major clubs in Europe tried to start their own league. It got shut down. I understand everything. I've been yelling about this for people the whole week. I've been listening to at least like 10 hours worth uh, not, no, not that long, but at least a few hours worth of video about it, interviews. Uh, yes, it was going to fuck up the structure of soccer, this and that. Not that UEFA is a great place and not that they're not corrupt, as we know, by having a, we're having a World Cup in Qatar that they pay for. I don't have a problem with having a World Cup in the Middle East. They deserve it, but let's plan it out better and not kill a lot of people to build the stadiums. But my problem is this, is that in Europe, a lot of these fans were pissed when they, when these clubs came out and said, we're starting the Super League. And these fans boycotted, took to the streets. There were these marches and shit. You would have thought, you would have thought that someone, uh, that Derek Chauvin showed up in England and put his, and kneeled on Liverpool's neck. That's the way they act. I'm like, these are the same people. I've never seen so much emotion get over a team. They, they weren't even leaving there domestically. Yes, it was going to make them domestically probably a little crappier, but they weren't leaving. The games that they were joining were for Tuesdays. We're going to be played on Tuesdays, right? They're still going to stay in these leagues, but they were just like, oh, it's messing up our pyramid. I've never seen so many European people mad, even players, right? Former players just bitching about it, moaning. I heard people just distraught, seeming like they're crying. And I'm like, at the same time, a lot of the African, African and British and Black um, uh, players or dark-skinned players, Black Brazilian players, had to make a boycott social media because they still getting called monkeys and everything else out there. But no, these fans are willing to take to the streets and demand that the American owners are out of their game and out of their leagues and not own. But you won't take to the streets when these guys are getting called all sorts of names where they can't go in their thing, when they're getting threatened and their kids and parents see them and call them and worried about them. But you're going to go and get all emotional about a team that's not leaving. And that's going to still did one of the play and just want to get under UEFA's corrupt them and all that so minds go out to those fans not all european soccer fans because some understand the bigger picture of it and i understand it was going to destroy it but there's bigger issues to get behind right let's start standing behind the racism in soccer first right you call your game a global sport this is my problem is that these people are traditionalists the thing about traditionalists they want things to stay the same all those people that, that celebrated trump and, and the insurrection inside job right now they were all traditionalists too they don't want the status quo to change you know who's a traditionalist? Hamilton was a traditionalist. 
George Washington, all these motherfuckers owned slaves. Wherever I got my name from, the Grayson Plantation, that was a traditionalist too. Guess what? I didn't want shit to change. You know why we have the Civil War? Because a bunch of traditionalists like shit to stay how it is. And in Europe, they want the tradition. Like, we want the tradition. Okay, I understand it was going to ruin the game. You did. It was a bad move. I'm all for that. But get passionate when these other players, when, when Raheem Sterling come out and Rashford shows and, and puts out all the pictures of, of how many racist texts he did and comments on his social media, right? It's like these players can't even miss a goal from 30 feet out, excuse me, 30 meters out without getting somebody putting something racist in their in they, in they inbox and in their DMs and no one takes it to the street then. I like sports. It's entertaining to me. I watch baseball, soccer, football, basketball. I love it all. But at the same time, I'm not going to put it above certain things that are real issues. That's my cutting corner shout out to Liverpool fans, Man United fans, all the people who want the American owners out the game. Look, there's plenty of reasons to want American owners out of your, out of your game in Europe. But you got some other things you need to fight for. Darius, do you have a Cutty Corner shout out? Yeah, I'll keep mine pretty uh, short and sweet. Uh, I got two of them, uh, one positive, one negative. I'll I'll go with my negative one. First, uh, my negative Cutty Corner shout out, my hatred goes towards uh, the funeral director of DMX's funeral. Um, I... Don't know what they were thinking by bringing out Tonka trucks with four what, white guys in them. With four <laughs> white guys in it, they had Grave Digger pulling that nigga DMX. I don't understand why. I think the the thing you should have did was hire twelve pit bulls in a sleigh and had a pit bulls pull that nigga's casket down the street. They should have had they drag on with drag on as the nah. uh, as, as, with the rope. With, with, yeah, nah, they could they could have. <laughs> they could have got they could have got dragon or they could have got my boy Cuba Gooding Jr. in his overalls. <laughs> yeah, man. They, they there was a lot of plausible options other than four white niggas in a Tonka truck. Uh, <laughs> it was such a bad and they were all hella goofy, like with their like on li- Instagram live, like with their phones out. Like act like act like it was a funeral. Like, oh it, it, seriously, who were those guys? Uh, they were D- DMX was in the car club, and those were his mechanics. Those were his friends. That's no, who DMX hung with. God damn. I don't think DMX. No, one of them. I, one of them. Okay. I think was Steve. Steve LaBelle. Steve LaBelle is a known. He's actually a known hitter in, in the in the hip hop world. Uh, he's a white manager, Italian manager. Uh, he's been a manager for a lot of the famous cats. I don't know who the rest of them was. It was wild. It just was bad optics. It was so. like, is this is this like a monster energy drink, like promo, not- or is this a funeral? <laughs> Man, it's almost like you were on the podcast earlier. That's all the things we were saying. Yes, it was terrible. It was really bad. I was waiting for the white white chicks in the bikini start throwing out free monster samples. That's my cutting corner shout outs for the funeral director. Um, I don't know who it was, but he he shouldn't have had that job. Uh, and then my positive one actually goes out to Jared. Jared, shout out to Jared for uh, letting me come on my own podcast <laughs> to speak on my own Cuddy Quarter shout out about a person who I actually know named Cuddy and let me do a Cuddy Quarter shout out in front of my own friends. So shout out to you, Jared. Uh, you are the king. You are the messiah. You own everything in my life. And thank you for just allowing me to be a part of my own life, I guess. I don't know. Really confused about it, but got to give you praise. Cutting quarter shout out this week and the positive light goes to Jerry Sanders. So I think my cutting corner shout out uh, has got to go to uh, Doug Ford and Justin Trudeau up in Canada. <laughs> I'm not going to speak too much about it, but 
man, I just, my heart goes out to the people of Canada who, you know, from October to April have been in freezing cold, wintry conditions, plus being, you know, locked down. And then to have, as soon as the sun comes out, the most kind of draconian police state shutting down of the economy and of their, of their like civic life um, that they've experienced right on the back of, of winter back inside, you know, kids getting fined for being playing basketball at the park. But uh, yeah, no shout out to just all my friends and family in Canada, um, you know, who are, who are really going through it and who are going to be on complete lockdown. Um, you know, and I mean, and honestly, like if, if they're on lockdown, you know, through this, this, they only have two months of summer anyway. So if they're locked down for these two months, come fall and they got to go right back into that cold sun goes down at four thirty, freezing wintry seasons again without having a summer i mean people are going to really start killing you know they're going to have more suicides and uh alcohol over and drug overdoses than coronavirus you know combined so um yeah shout out to doug ford and justin trudeau um fuck y'all my cutie corner shout out goes out to all the adults involved in the micaiah bryant situation from the stories i've heard the foster mother had some you know, responsibility in the situation. Her father ended up, her, her I guess her real father ended up showing up. And so, some people said that it was, that's the guy who kicked the girl that was on the ground, if you've seen the video. But there was a situation going on and no adults intervened, no adults stopped the situation. It was a 16 year old girl fighting with some adults and other adults who were instigating or not being adults in the situation. Um, and sadly, you know, I don't want to place blame um, unsubstantially because the situation was fucked up from get from Jump Street. And so it was a fucked up situation that was created by the adults in her life. And those adults in her life mm-hmm. did nothing to um, help this young girl, whether she was being uh, defiant, uh, problematic, as uh, what some people were claiming she was behaving, you know, a certain way. But regardless, you know, what I'm saying like you don't have grown people trying to fight a young girl. You don't have. Uh, you don't, you don't, you don't, if, if you are already going to condemn her to, to be in a certain way, then what do you think the police who have no knowledge of her are going to be? So um, my cutty corner shout out goes out to the adults in that situation who didn't step in. Y'all seen the police come in, step in, stop the situation, stop the fight, stop whatever, whatever you got to do, go up to the officer, explain, get her away from those people that she's fighting with, you know, protect her from this situation. Nobody was there to protect her from this situation. And then we have a, who it happens to be a white cop, cop police officer shows up, see somebody in a fight, somebody who has a knife. And, and, and the situation is just so fucked up that this person, um, I like in some respects, like it's hard for me to blame him shooting somebody who is trying to stab somebody else. Um, but this was all set up by those adults in her life. And, they made her the fall person of our own story. Well, uh, that is our show, my friends. That is our show. Um, any final words y'all like to have? Man, be, uh, be peaceful, everybody. Peaceful. Yeah, everybody, uh, keep yourselves calm. And Jared, expect a cease and desist. that's all like that's all i got for us yeah good luck finding that because you know just like the native americans it was fine then to use african-american become their slave because the native american ran away 
That's what I'm about to do from your season. Yeah, see that smile on his face? <laughs> he's smiling, yeah, dude. He knows he's lying. He knows <laughs> He knows he's recording live from hell. Like, <laughs> said that was like, ha-ha, I'm recording live from hell, dude. I mean, look at that uh, staircase. It looks like he's literally recording from the depths of hell. Dude, seriously. <laughs> well, uh, thank you for listening to our show. Stay healthy, stay blessed. Um, you know what I'm saying? Let's continue to heal and care for the people in our communities in the world and and, and hopefully uh hopefully we'll be out of this uh pandemic sooner than later and hopefully we'll be uh on the road to um a brighter brighter days uh, brighter days in general um anyways take it easy keep it easy and we will leave you with this hey did y'all know paul mooney was still alive yeah yeah I- so did something happen to him recently? Bro, me and Chris me, me and Chrisman went to go see him at a comedy show like seven years ago. Yeah, he at the bar- at, at Berkeley Rep. Yeah, he had a surgery at that point. He had to have some surgery and he got cancer. He he looked like it was over. He was like in a wheelchair because we went to the makeup show or some shit. Yeah, yeah, happened yeah. Where, he couldn't make a show. He couldn't make the New Year show, so he, he had to do it later. New Year show, so he, yeah. And like he was like in a wheelchair, looked like he could barely like breathe. I was like, oh, it's over. And then I just forgot about. It. I thought he had died that year. I just assumed that like he didn't make it throughout the year. <laughs> then recently, somebody was like, uh, 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 "We want to hear what Paul Mooney has to say about DMX." It's like he's still alive. <laughs> what? Paul Mooney's still alive, man. I thought he was dead for sure. Paul still kicking. Yeah, still kicking. Shout out to Paul Mooney, sponsorship. Come on our show. We'd love to have you talk to us about uh, this. I say nigga a hundred times every morning. It's my teeth white. Nigga, 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 nigga. back to that video i don't even want to play the video a couple things i don't want to play the video uh-huh. i don't want to see the video but i just want to analyze a picture i want to analyze the nigga's hairline <laughs> he got a good hairline how did he do that i'm he telling you white doctors he got the best I'm, white doctors this side of the mississippi between him and paul pierce man <laughs> well, let me look at your little white hair right there that's just like the that's just like the MLK statue. How he get his hairline looking like? Jalil White got a no. solid hairline too. Nah, it's kind of back though. It's kind of well, back. He, he's no, he's back. always had big. He's always had that. You know, what I'm saying that uh, vaulted window look on his forehead and eyebrows. You know, what I'm saying. Like, oh yeah, you're right. The fact that look at picture Urkel, Urkel, him as Urkel. The fact that he can go in a barbershop and say, "Can you give me the Urkel from the '90s and still get the same haircut?" Is what? Can you give me the high top fade? Give me you might be right. I was looking at his old pictures when he was Urkel and it's about the same place. Yeah, we need to y'all need to that get nigga, the, that nigga Urkel Walker went into the barbershop and said, Can I get the Urkel? <laughs> yeah. I must have some stress too point too much at one point in my life that I can't get no hairline with this <laughs> I mean it's not cut well, Herschel right. Walkers, but he got it. Uh, yeah. He was too busy, you was too busy running, Aaron. 
His <laughs> barber got a run while I try to cut his hairline. Like, hey man, this yeah, motherfucker's still running. Yeah. Oh man, wait, is that a white woman? What was that? I, on I my, in, the, like, in the back, I didn't see it last time because you said it, but you kept the video playing, and you only saw it for this one second. No, no, no. You see it the whole time. They're just not moving very much, so they kind of just blend in. Because you see, you looking at all the, uh, you looking at other, all the other ambiance that's going on. Well, like you got a spiral <laughs> staircase. It's hard, it's hard to look at a white woman on the floor wearing a mask. He's got a computer. landing at the top of it and a chandelier. Hold on, hold on. Hold on. And it's the daytime. The white woman's sitting on the ground with the fire in the daytime. Yep. He's trying to represent that life that we should be going for. Hey, Amen. Yeah. That, that, that might be a son. That might be a son. We have a white Christmas in February. 